0: All right, folks, and welcome back to Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PJ Janky. It is Monday, so it is time to run it back. Yeah, that's right. We're going to run it back from Thursday action, from the Sunday action, and it was a dog kind of Sunday. We saw only four teams that were favored end up winning or covering, so very much an underdog kind of Sunday. We'll go over all of those. But let's start off with last Thursday night, Jacksonville versus New Orleans. I think the main thing that you see in this game, guys, is Jacksonville's defense, like I said, is a pretty underrated defense, but they held strong. The the main factor that I saw in this game was New Orleans was 2-for-5 in the red zone, where Jacksonville was 2-for-2 in the red zone new orleans kept getting in the red zone they kept stalling the defense jacksonville's defense kept holding them the field goals at the end of the day that was enough new orleans did try to mount a comeback they were right there uh i believe on the one or the two at the end of the game and they threw a wide open pass to frank moreau the tight end he ended up dropping that It was just, I mean, New Orleans just could not put the ball in the end zone enough. That's the main thing. And Jacksonville's defense held strong a couple times in the red zone. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. Sunshine, his knee definitely looked fine. He was scrambling around just fine. He was going around. Travis Etienne, uh, 53 yards and two touchdowns. It's his third game in a row with two touchdowns. Main thing is, guys, uh, you know, both these teams were not that great on third down. We saw Jacksonville just get 18% of their third downs and New Orleans get 16% of theirs. Definitely kind of a defensive battle. Main thing is Jacksonville's defense held on to the end. Alright, let's move to the Sunday action. We got the first dog that won. We have Atlanta visiting Tampa Bay. Atlanta was an underdog in this one. They ended up winning 16 to 13. Very even game. Like I said, both teams had the ball about 29 minutes for time of possession. We saw Atlanta get 53% of their third downs. We saw Tampa Bay get 50% of theirs. The main thing is, Atlanta, how long are we going to do this? You guys won, but my goodness, Desmond Ritter. They had 401 total yards of offense, but that man gives that ball away way too much. He had three fumbles. I think he had the three fumbles were in the red zone. I mean Desmond Ritter, you just can't do that. He had 250 yards passing. I know he did run one of the touchdowns in, but man, not very, very good for him. I I just wonder if Arthur Smith is just trying to figure out if how much longer he can go with Desmond Ritter. I mean, they won this game. That that's fine, but at the end of the day, they tried to give this game away, and I mean one for five in the red zone is a is really bad. So needless to say, Baker Mayfield on the other side, you know, they were driving, trying to get to score. Really bad interception by him on the Atlanta 11. And there was really not much to say about Tampa Bay other than that. I think that they, I think Tampa Bay at the end of the day is a better team. And they just lost this game, which is totally fine. It's a division game. One, um, note also for Atlanta was Bijan Robinson only had one touch. Supposedly he wasn't feeling well, like his head was hurting or something. So, um, they definitely seem like they missed him in this game. Um, that, that skill position player that Bijan is, I mean, but Tyler Algier filled in with uh, 59 yards rushing. We thought Drake London again with another 50 yard, uh, receiving game. So, hey, Atlanta, you won. But there's got to be some major question marks moving forward with Desmond Ritter. Major question marks, in my opinion. Okay, let's go to one of the ones that the dog did not uh, hold up in. And that was Baltimore versus Detroit. Or Detroit visiting Baltimore, I should say. Uh, Baltimore took this one down 38-6. Now, Detroit's defense looked more like the Cowardly Lions than... uh, than what they have been looking like. They had zero sacks. I don't know what they were doing. I mean, Baltimore rolled. They scored. About four minutes into the game, they went up 7-0. And then I think I blinked, and then it was 21-0. And I mean, that's really all you could say. I mean, golf had zero passing touchdowns, which ended the streak of him having at least two passing touchdowns in games for a while. Amon Rod St. Brown had it all-right stat line, 13 receptions on 19 targets for 102 yards, Main thing is Detroit just got outplayed in this one, guys. Baltimore, 503 total yards of offense. Lamar Jackson, 357 yards in the air with three touchdowns, 36 yards on the ground, and and rushed in for a touchdown. He did, of course, revert back to his fumbling ways. He did have a fumble in this game. Mark Andrews on tight end day definitely uh, had a, himself a day, four receptions on six targets for 63 yards and two touchdowns. Really not much else to say other than that. I mean, Baltimore just controlled this game and beat down Detroit. It was 28 nothing at half. It ended up 38-6. to Not much else to say. Detroit, go back to the drawing board. You got to figure out something here. All right, let's move on to another uh, dog winning, and that's the Giants taking down the visiting Washington Commanders 14-7. to Now, a main point of this one is Giants defense did play pretty well. But Washington, one for 15 on third down. Let me repeat that. One for 15 on third down. That's good enough for us. Six percent on third down. That is not going to cut it. Not going to cut it at all. Um, It's just, I mean, they were better on fourth down. They were two for three on fourth down. So that's 66%. So they were better on fourth down. Maybe they were just waiting to get it to fourth down. Who knows? I mean, the other thing about Washington is they had the time of possession uh, battle won. They had the ball for 29 minutes compared to New York Giants' 19. But at the end of the day, Sam Howell, 249 yards, uh, passing in an interception. Of course, the O-line just got pummeled again. Uh, Howell was running for his life most of the time. The Giants, we saw, we did see... The little spark from Tyrod Taylor, of course, in this passing game, like I thought we saw last week. 279 yards in the air, two touchdowns. Saquon being back is a big help, too. 21 uh, rushing attempts for 77 yards. Three receptions for four on four targets for 41 yards and a touchdown. Darren Waller, welcome to tight end day. Seven receptions on eight targets for 98 yards and a touchdown. 6-x for that defense on the Giants. 12 quarterback hits, like I said. No O-line play in Washington. They're going to get Sam Howell killed if they're not careful. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a game that lit up the scoreboard by any means. But hey, the Giants won one. They put another one in the win column. That's the main thing. All right, let's move on to another East Coast game, which we saw another dog take down a pretty big opponent. Buffalo Bills visiting the New England Patriots and the Patriots ended up winning this one 29-25 when they were as much of a I think they opened up at like a nine or ten point dog but Buffalo what is going on now I know at the beginning of the season I wasn't a big Buffalo believer and then they started playing a little bit better so I started kind of drinking everybody's Aid oh yeah maybe I was completely wrong on Buffalo maybe I wasn't completely wrong on Buffalo That's what I'm going to say right now. Maybe I wasn't. I think that Miami game was maybe fool's gold for all of us because I don't know where Miami's at right now, but we'll see. I think Buffalo plays down to their competition. I've heard that said. I think that could be the case. They play down or up to their competition, whatever way you want to look at it, because they did not have a really good game here. I mean, Josh Allen had 265 yards passing, two touchdowns and an interception. James Cook, 13 att- rushing attempts for 56 yards. He added a receiving touchdown. But, like I said, this team that smoked Miami Dolphins. I don't know if this is the same team or maybe it is the same team. I don't know. Maybe Miami's just not that good. Maybe Miami's more fool's go than we think. Whichever. Whichever. Not a very good uh, performance by Buffalo. New England, though, hats off to you. 364 yards of total offense. And, of course, on a on a week that we're all talking bad about Belichick, and, oh, my God, is he going to get fired? Oh, my God, Robert Kraft is talking about well, you know moving on from him, blah, 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 blah. And Bill, Bill Belichick goes out and wins the game. There you go. I mean, they, they had to do it in the last couple seconds. But, regardless, they beat Buffalo. And hats off to you guys, New England. All right, let's go to another game here, which we saw a dog win, which was the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Chicago Bears. And the Chicago Bears win in this one 30 to 12. All right, let, well, let's start off with the Raiders. They started Brian Hoyer, which he continues to struggle as a spot starter. I think he's 0 and 12 is his streak right now. Um, they were one for two in the red zone. Uh, the Raiders were 22% on third down. They ended, Aiden O'Connell ended up coming in. He probably should have started. They only had 235 yards of total offense. Hoyer had two interceptions. O'Connell had an interception. Josh Jacobs only had 35 yards on the ground. Devontae Adams had a little bit better of a game, 57 yards, but definitely not that great. Reverse side, though. Let the Tyson-Bagent fever begin in Chicago. My goodness. Uh, Very efficient game from him. 162 yards in the air and a touchdown. He scrambled for 24 yards. Hey, he did what he was supposed to do. There was no, he played with basically no, like, stress or pressure. He played loose. He went out there, did what he had to do. Main thing is, Luke Getzey called a great game too. The run game was working and he stuck with it. The Bears had 175-173 yards on the ground, and they just kept pushing that run game. That's what you do. When it's working, keep doing it. They can't stop it, then who cares? Just keep running it. Deontay Foreman, 16 attempts on 89 yards and two touchdowns. He also added a receiving touchdown. Defense for Chicago. Starting to click. I mentioned it at the beginning of this season. They hadn't played much together. Last two weeks, you can start to see the defense starting to gel. They are getting healthier in the second, in the secondary two, and that's a big, big difference, guys. They've got some pieces on this defense. They're young. They've got a few veterans, but they got some sign-in. They got some free agent signees. They got some draft pick guys, and they're all starting to play together, and they're all starting to figure it out together. That's the main difference that I'm seeing in these Bears. They're starting to have time playing together. When you don't play all preseason and all training camp together, you don't know how it's going to be. The other factor, too, is you're starting to see the O-line starting to click, too, because they're getting healthier now. So now they have snaps together. That's the main thing. Snaps together over and over. Then you know what your your guy beside you is going to do. Hey, hats off to Chicago. Tyson Badge and Fever is rampant uh, out here in Chicago, so we'll see what's going to go on. All right. Let's move on to the Cleveland Browns visiting the Indianapolis Colts. This was a wild game, guys. Cleveland ended up winning this one 39-38. Cleveland, they did lose to Watson again, which is probably a little concerning, but their defense was ready to play. Four sacks. They got three fumbles. They got an interception. They blocked a field goal. I mean, they were ready to go. They were playing with them. Which is a good thing, because Indianapolis was moving the ball a little bit, for sure. They had a 305 yards. Um, Gardner Minshew had 305 yards in the air, two touchdowns. He did add those three fumbles in those guys and that interception. And basically, two of those fumbles led to 14 points for Cleveland. One of them was a strip sack in the end zone, so it immediately led to points. But, you know, like I said, wild game. We saw uh, Indianapolis score on a 75-yard pass with like five minutes left, and then Cleveland went down and drove the field and scored with like 19 seconds left, and that was about all she wrote. Gardner Minshew fumbled on the last possession, not like they had really that much hope, but needless to say, very wild game. Cleveland ended up winning, but once again, Indy was the dog, so Indy ended up covering. So like I said, a dog kind of Sunday. Alright, moving right along. Let's go out to the West Coast, see the NFC West matchup of the Seattle Seahawks versus the Arizona Cardinals. Seattle ended up putting this one 20-10. I mean, Arizona wasn't really, they don't have much to write home about, but I don't think that this team is that far out of it. I really don't. And I really wonder what they're going to look like when Kyler Murray's back. And he's starting to throw the ball on the sideline. He's starting to kind of get ready to go. He's starting to kind of do some stuff. And I just wonder if they get a spark with Kyler Murray back, what this team might play like because they don't play that far off. Josh Dobbs is not your answer at quarterback. I'm sorry, Josh Dobbs. I mean, you, you haven't been playing bad. I can't say that you haven't been playing horrible. You know, you're not turning over the ball a whole lot, so... Yeah, and you're playing semi-efficient football, I can't blame you there. A bunch of stalled out drives for Arizona, though. They're missing James Conner, they're missing Kyler Murray. I just wonder, if they get healthy, what's going to happen? Because they were 0-1 in the red zone. I just think that it, with a spark from Kyler back, it could be a different story for, for Arizona. But we'll wait to see because the the word coming out of Arizona this last week was they might not necessarily be looking to draft a quarterback when it comes to next year's draft, that they might want to stick with Kyler. It's an interesting fact because everybody was saying the other way, but we'll wait to see on that one. I mean, on the other side of things, Seattle, Geno Smith, 219 yards in the air, two touchdowns, no DK Metcalf. He was um, hurt for this game, sat out, They were one for three in the red zone, but they were 53% on third down. That's the main thing, guys. They kept moving the ball. Kenneth Walker, 26 attempts on 105 yards. They did enough to win. I know the score was a 10-point score, but it really felt a lot closer to that that whole game. So moving right along, uh, staying on the West Coast, we're going to have the Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the Los Angeles Rams. Very tight game. Very tight game here, guys. Um, Pittsburgh ended up scoring on a 90-yard drive with about five minutes left to go. And that's about all that she wrote. I mean, Pittsburgh, though, three for three in the red zone. They did start rushing the ball better. We saw Najee Harris, 14 attempts for 53 yards. We saw Jalen Warren, six attempts for 32 yards. Both of those guys scored on the ground. Kenny Pickett scored on the ground. We did see Deontay Johnson return for five, and he had five receptions on six targets for 79 yards. George Pickens had himself another great game, five receptions on eight targets for 107 yards. The main thing is the Pittsburgh Steelers defense had a plan for Cooper Cup, and boy, did they, because Cooper Cup was only held to two receptions on seven targets for 29 yards. Now, selling themselves all the way out to stop Cooper Cup did not stop Puka Nakua, though, which uh, he had eight receptions on 12 targets for 154 yards. Main thing is, guys, the Rams, they played pretty decent football, which they have been playing pretty decent football all year. They were running the ball to Daryl Henderson returned for 18 attempts for 61 yards because Kyron Williams was hurt. This is the couple things that happened to them. They turned the ball over and had some stall drives, and Pittsburgh capitalized on it. One time, they threw an interception. Pittsburgh went down and scored. Then they missed a field goal. Pittsburgh turned around and scored a touchdown. That's the thing. you got to make sure you can put some points on the board. You can't stall against these Steelers. They hang around. If they hang around and you let them hang around, they will bait you. I mean, we saw the, about the only team that's kind of taken down the Steelers, and one of the only ones, is the San Francisco 49ers, and they didn't let them hang around. So, needless to say, don't let the Steelers hang around because they're going to end up beating you. Okay, let's move on to another game. This time in the Mile High City, we had the Green Bay Packers visiting the Denver Broncos. And Green Bay, against that tyrant defense of the Denver Broncos, decided to score zero points in the first half. And that was pretty much the game for them. I mean, they they made it close in the second half, but they ended up losing. I don't really have much to say on anything on the stat lines here, guys. I mean, the only thing that I'll say is Jordan Love needs a little bit of more work. They got to work on this uh, this passing game a little bit, I think, because they had no wide receivers over 30 yards. The only person that had anything more than 30 yards receiving was A.J. Dillon, and I think he had 29 yards on one catch so that was uh, they just say don't have a deep passing game. Their wide receivers are young. Jordan Love doesn't seem like he makes good decisions throwing it deep anyways so definitely something to work on there. On the other side of the football we saw Denver definitely start running the ball better which I think is a big factor for them. Javante Williams 15 attempts for 82 yards. McLaughlin added another 45 yards on the ground. I mean, the main thing for Denver is they put points on the board when they needed to. They were 4-for-4 four four on field goals. They were only 1-for-4 in, in the red zone, but hey, you put up points, that's what you got to do. So, unlike the Green Bay Packers who put up no points in the first half, Denver ended up putting points in the first half, and that was the deciding factor of this game. Okay, to the big game in the afternoon. We saw the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West matchup. Guys, I these Chargers just being the Chargers for me. I mean, three hundred fifty total three hundred fifty eight total yards of offense, but one for two in the red zone. Uh, they had an interception in the red zone. They just they're just not they're just the Chargers being the Chargers, guys. Yes, it was twenty four seventeen after the at halftime. The Chargers looked like they were going to hang around in this game. Then the second half, they had two interceptions and three punts. That's basically it. Kansas City, though, they just didn't look back. Patrick Mahomes, 424 yards in the air with four touchdowns. Travis Kelsey, 12 receptions on 13 targets for 179 yards and a touchdown. My goodness, they were three for four in the red zone. That's why they're six and one. They play efficient football. And just a cue to everybody that plays the Chiefs, which it doesn't really matter, but the ball's going to Kelsey. Uh, I mean, but it just doesn't seem like anybody's going to be able to stop that guy. Needless to say, Chargers being the Chargers, and I just think they are, it's going to be a rough go of it for them. I I just don't see any uh, consistency on either side of the ball. Their defense plays well sometimes and then not the other. Their offense looks great one drive and bad the other. So I don't know where they're going to be going, but it looks like it's probably going to be heading towards a coaching change at the end of this year for sure. All right to the night game. Big game. Miami Dolphins versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Guy's very close game at at half. But really we saw Philly kind of own this game in my in my opinion. They had 358 total yards of offense to Miami's only 244. I mean Miami's offense didn't even score any points in the second half. The only points in the second half came off of a a wild batted down um pass that became an interception that the guy ran into it back twenty two yards from the second half of miami's uh possessions two ended on ended up giving up on downs, one punt and one interception that's that's about all she wrote. Tyree Hill had himself a day, eleven receptions on fifteen targets for eighty eight yards and a touchdown. But very quiet running game for for Miami, which is not usually the case. We saw Raheem Mostert, just nine attempts for 45 yards. They were 0-for-1 in the red zone. Philly, though, 4-for-6 in the red zone. And now we wonder why Philly won the game, right? 279 yards for Hertz in the air, two touchdowns. DeAndre Swift, 15 attempts for 62 yards. A.J. Brown had himself a day. 10 receptions on 15 targets for 137 yards and a touchdown. That's how it goes. They they put and capitalize when they have to. Four for six in the red zone. That's your ballgame right there. That's it. Miami couldn't put any points on the board in the second half, and Philly did. That's all she wrote. Now, let's go to tonight's game. San Francisco versus Minnesota Vikings. Guys, I like San Francisco in this game. Straight up money line, of course. I I think they're heavily favored. Um, I think the last time I saw it, I think they're favored 6.5. I'm going to take San Francisco at the 6.5. I know it's tough because I think Minnesota does try to keep it pretty close. But I do recall that Kirk Cousins does not have a good record in prime time, as I recall. So let's just uh, keep that in mind. So San Francisco minus a six and a half. I am taking the over, though, of 44. I think Minnesota will manage to put up about 17 points or so. And I think that, especially the way Minnesota's defense can play from time to time, I think San Francisco will put up some points against this team. So I'm taking the over 44. That is it, guys, for the Monday Run It Back on Just a Guy Talking Football podcast tomorrow we'll do our power rankings we'll review the game from tonight but other than that guys thank you for joining just a guy talking football podcast with pg janky and i'm out